When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. <clears throat> the broken Bunsen burner burns so bright. South, Jamie. Southeast Asian Peninsula. Hey, hey, Jamie. Yes. I think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big. Cool. I just got to finish my warm ups. <clears throat> foul, foul. Throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to progressive history, history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post game show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE at checkout to save. Welcome to the MADHOUSE Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Navo. Welcome into the MADHOUSE Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. My name is Jay Zawoski. Solo tonight, James Navo is working at NBC tonight, working late. So I'm tackling this one on my own. The Blackhawks fall 4 nothing to the Dallas Stars in a game that, uh, you know, can easily be described as frustrating, as irritating, as never-ending. Boy, that game dragged on. It was not very entertaining. The Hawks get their asses kicked on the scoreboard for nothing, but just a night of frustration after frustration. The Hawks had, I think when all was said and done, 23 of their shots blocked. Uh, they had a strong edge in play when you look at all the numbers, the metrics. The Hawks had a huge edge, a uh, 69 to 43 Corsi advantage at five on five, 43 to 28 Fenwick advantage at five at five. That's 61 percent and 60 percent respectively. So uh, the Hawks did not play poorly, but there were moments, and in those moments, the puck ended up in the back of the net for the Hawks, where either they were outworked and outmuscled in front of the net, or a Dallas Stars shot was blocked and just sort of bounced to the wrong spot, and the Stars were able to score. 
Now, the Hawks' offense didn't generate much at all. There were not a lot of high-quality scoring chances. Yes, the number of shots on goal were high. The number of shot attempts were high. But I don't recall any real difficult saves Ben Bishop had to make, save for one or two. The first one that comes to mind is that Nick Schmaltz chance early in the game where he was at a tough angle and Bishop got a piece of it. Um, There were a couple opportunities that Patrick Kane had. Again, in the first period, had a shot, hit the post, or Jamie Benn may have deflected it a little bit. Seemed like a sure goal. But aside from that, as the game went on, the good quality scoring chances got less and less. Um, I think a lot of people are going to probably overreact to the score of this game. They're going to think the Hawks just got housed. It's not the case, but it's a game against a division rival that you have not had success against this year. They have not had a lead against the Dallas Stars all season now. And this is a team you're chasing for playoff positioning. So to show up and sort of lay an egg effort-wise, I think the Hawks were outworked a lot tonight. Uh, Again, they had the advantage in the possession and all those things. But to score goals in a close game and in a game that's this meaningful, you're going to have to work harder. And when you see a guy like Tyler Sagan, who's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but when you see him muscle Brent Seabrook out of the way to score a goal, that's troubling. Yeah, Brent Seabrook has lost a step. He's not the offensive player he used to be. He's not as fast as he used to be. But the one thing he's supposed to still have is that physicality, is and is that strength. And a guy like Tyler Sagan, who's not known for his physicality, for his strength, for his power forwardness, I guess you would say, should not be able to just shove past Brent Seabrook for a goal. That shouldn't happen. And yeah, Seabrook laid him out, but it was too late. The puck was in the net. Uh, a lot of moments like that. Battles in the corner lost. Uh, a lazy pass here or there. Just a, a lot of sort of lack of effort things I saw from the Hawks tonight that were a little bit troubling. But I don't think there's any reason to really grow overly concerned with this game. I think it very easily could have been, uh, you know, 2-2 headed overtime. The Hawks had a couple opportunities, like I mentioned earlier, to score where they simply didn't. Dallas got a couple really nice bounces in their favor. So it wasn't as you know far apart as the score would indicate. But um, again, the effort thing, that's what bothered me the most. And, and I think I saw a lot of people on Twitter and Pat Foley especially seemed really put off by the Hawks effort tonight. It's funny, you know, listening to Foley call a game uh, and it seems like his mood c- can dictate things. And, and, and I think that sometimes the average listener, the average fan can sort of take what he says to heart. But it seems like over the last few years, probably over the last five or six years, he's had a bit of an agenda for himself. He'll be a little bit harder on some guys than others. And it, it kind of bothers me. I think that there should not be a double standard. If Brent Seabrook is slacking one day and Richard Panic slacking another day, he should point both out. I, I feel like he just can kind of find guys to go after. Tonight, he was clearly annoyed with the whole team effort. It bugs me when, I, when an announcer can kind of change the way fans feel about a player or about a situation. And I, I don't know if that necessarily happened about a specific player tonight but just in general um calling out some of the bad plays and I, i'm glad that he is critical i'd rather have him do that than be kind of a rah-rah pom-poms kind of a guy but i think it's sometimes he can be unfair and i think sometimes his annoyance with the pace of a game or how a game is going can affect his analysis a little bit curious what you guys think about that you can always hit us up at madhouse pod before we continue discussing this game i want to remind you guys we're getting very close to our uh, Chicago Wolves event on January 20th. Make sure you buy a a ticket or two to that event. It is extremely close to selling out. I know I've said that for a little while. Ticket sales have stalled out a little bit here, but there's still less than 10 available. So if you want to go, you've got to get in right now 
We were given 50. There's less than 10 available. So check out the link in the description of this podcast or on James Naveau or my Twitter accounts. Uh, we have definitely tweeted them out several times. Very easy to find. Uh, 17 bucks gets you in. Seats behind the net in the 100 level. You also receive a Madhouse t-shirt, a Madhouse koozie, a Chicago Wolves hat, and a Chicago Wolves bag. So that's way more than a $17 value right there. Uh, So it's a no-brainer. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have a good time together. So we hope to see you guys out there January 20th in Rosemont as the Wolves take on the Bakersfield Condors. So the more of these events we have with success, the more other organizations and other teams are going to want to have us out. Uh, If they know they can fill some seats with Madhouse Podcast fans, they'd be more than happy to do that. So uh, hopefully, I know the holidays are tough. Everyone's spending money. Everyone's up to their eyeballs in debt like I am right now. But hey, it makes a great Christmas gift. You got someone who loves hockey or not sure what to get them. Get them a ticket to the Madhouse Podcast outing with the Wolves. Take them with you and we'll have a great time and hopefully we'll make a new listener. So uh, anyway, back to the hockey game. I personally am not freaked out about this one at all again it is disappointing that they lost to a division rival especially one they're so close to in the standings uh it's disappointing that they were outworked but i think they played very well as of late the last stretch has been very good Corey crawford was due for a bad game they showed a stat uh, early in the game that he had given up seven goals in his last five games in those games he was five and oh now he didn't have a bad game tonight but i think he was not superhuman as he has been you know, for most of the season. So a, a normal game for Crawford, a subpar effort from the Blackhawks, and this is what happens. Sort of like the way this team is coming along, actually, and I think at this point they're a little better than I expected they'd be. We talked on the last podcast about John Ruda and Cody Franzen sort of getting a Wally pipped and losing their spots because they get hurt and their replacements are so good that they don't want to take them out. Kempney had a tough turnover in this game, but otherwise pretty solid. Jordan Osterley, I like what he's bringing as well. But now with a loss, I think this is where Joel Quenville sort of takes the advantage and says, all right, so we lost the game. Let's get these two guys in who have been so reliable for us all year and Ruta and Franz. And I'd be surprised if they're not in the next game for the Blackhawks. And and he has been, you know, for a guy who's been in the game as long as he has and a guy who's, you know, won as much as he has, he's still very much like superstitious in that way where, oh, you know, we won. I don't want to make any changes i don't want to take anybody out this is working regardless of whether or not you know (laughs) the guys are necessarily playing well i think in this case they are but just sort of historically quinville's been that way which is odd one thing i haven't mentioned yet which definitely merits discussion is finally patrick sharp was scratched the guys had a really bad year and you know the deal is dirt cheap It's a guy you thought could give you some offense. Uh, It hasn't been there for him. Not only has the offense not been there, the opportunities haven't been there. He's not generating the scoring. He used to generate the scoring chances, I mean. And uh, it just looks like this could be the end for Patrick Sharp. I'm sure he'll be back in the lineup soon, and hopefully, who knows, maybe a day or two out of the lineup in the press box will give him some new perspective or some new eyes on the game. I just think that we've seen his best days fall behind. And coming off that big hip injury that he had in the offseason and the surgery it's sort of understandable speed was always his game that was sort of the thing that would separate Patrick Sharp from you know the competition and now that that step is gone you're really seeing Sharp struggle and you're really seeing him sort of fall behind and you know he's old he's got a lot of miles on him he's played a lot of seasons with uh, some injuries and some deep playoff runs 
and those things sort of take their tolls on a player. So it's not surprising. I'm not upset with Patrick Sharp. It just sort of we had high hopes this year that maybe he would refine his game when he came back to Chicago, but it hasn't been the case, and it has landed him in the press box. Not surprisingly, it's where he belongs. Quite frankly, the guys playing now are better options for the Blackhawks. You know, Vinny Henestroza, Richard Panic. even though he's not scoring, he's still a more effective player at this point. Ryan Hartman, I think, has had a, a more of a down year than I expected, but I'd rather see him playing than Sharp. At least I know, you know, for the next three, four years, Ryan Hartman's going to be part of things. He's going to be a guy that you expect to be a difference maker, not necessarily a top scorer, but a guy you would look at as one of your more important role players. Uh, I want to see his game improve. He needs to be more consistent. He needs to play smarter. He needs to play harder. Um, but we've seen what Ryan Hartman can do when he puts his mind to things. He can be a very effective player. We just need to see that more consistently. That's for sure. All right, with that, we are going to wrap up this post-game podcast. Again, the Hawks lose 4 nothing to the Dallas Stars in Dallas. A little bit of podcast news here. James and I are going to take a little bit of a holiday break here. James is swamped with work stuff. I'm swamped with personal stuff. Uh, so we'll return next week after Christmas and get back to our regularly scheduled podcastings. But we're going to take a couple days off here to sort of regroup, spend some time with the families, and we'll get back to you on the other side of Christmas. But until then, have a happy and safe holiday. We always appreciate you guys listening to the Madhouse Podcast. Again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And thank you for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE at checkout to save. And again, check out that link for our Wolves event January 20th in the description of this podcast. But until next time, for my partner, James Neville, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega. <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sa wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey, Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.